0: consciously realizing it. So if I am the recruiter and I'm looking at your profile and I see something that maybe in my personal life was offensive, I may just be inclined to skip you even though that's illegal. In In most countries, you are not supposed to discriminate against a candidate based on their beliefs, based on their religion, based on the color of their skin, based on their sexual orientation. But people could do that. So be careful what you post on your, not just your LinkedIn profile, but your your social media profile. Keeping yourself motivated takes work. If you don't work out your body, you get fat. If you don't work on your motivation, you become unmotivated. Welcome to the Motivational Voice Podcast, your source for inspiration and motivation to achieve your goals, empowering you one word at a time. Umar Jang is an author and a blogger, and he will get you motivated to do whatever you need to do. This is Motivational Voice Podcast, and this is Umar Jang. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Motivational Voice Podcast. This is session number 17. Today, we are going to talk about job search strategies. The economy is doing well uh, overall, specifically here in the United States, in uh, June or actually October of last year of 2017 we added as much as 147 million jobs at the end of the year so we had a very good strong job growth in the United States and the the stock market is doing well also uh, not just in the United States but also around the world job growth and and consumer confidence and also companies hiring and feeling better at uh, at adding more resources and more people to their workplaces. Today, we, like I said, we're gonna talk about job search strategies and one of the first things you wanna do is make sure you understand what type of job that you are looking for. That will help you uh, specifically identify whether you're looking for a job in, in a certain industry, whether it's human resources or finance or IT, and in some cases, maybe you are even you've been in the in a specific field for a while. Uh, if that's the case, uh, you would also want to identify what type of job you're looking for. Are you just reapplying for a job that you had previously from one company to another? Are you entering the mark- marketplace for the first time? You're just out of college, or are you looking to make make a prom- an improvement in your job and move up in your career? In terms of a promotion so before you do anything make sure you understand what you're looking for and make sure you ideally you'd want to narrow down the job that you're searching for to one specific position if you can that will help focus your efforts in into one type of job search because that would help you streamline you will write one resume one cover letter and the more specific you are in terms of the job you're looking for the better the other thing is you have to understand what type of job you are willing to accept and this may depend on where you are in your career are you are you looking for an entry level job are you looking for a maybe professional job if so what kind of professional are you are you a mid level professional are you a very experienced professional or are you just an entry-level professional so depending on what you're looking for you this is important because knowing what level of, of uh, you are in your position will allow you to understand what your salary expectations should be in terms of what you're willing to accept really there are two additional things so there is how far you can travel so if you're looking for a job you have to consider that are you willing to go to a different city or a different state are you willing to just work w- within the cities or the metropolitan area that you live in and so you have to understand and have a specific criteria for well, how long are you willing to travel are you going to go within a five mile radius or is it going to be a 25 mile radius or even a 50 mile radius or maybe in your case depending on where you live geographically, particularly if if the economy there is not doing so well, you may may have a better chance of landing a job or searching and finding jobs if you you can widen your search criteria. So instead of narrowing it down to a five-mile radius or to a 25-mile radius, you could, for example, say, you know what, I'm going to be willing to go to another city even if it's if it takes me about an hour to commute there but generally if the economy is doing well you have a better chance of, at narrowing at finding a, a job and searching and finding jobs that are within that five to 10, 5 to twenty five mile radius that's that's generally what personally i would do when i'm looking for a job and uh, this is very timely this this episode is very timely because uh, about less than three months ago uh, in January I started a new job actually end of month of January uh, I, I moved from the private sector to the public sector and uh, actually the other way around I moved from the public sector government job to private to the private sector uh, and so this is very fresh in my mind in terms of things that I did and what worked well since the last time that I applied for a job so now how far are you willing to go? That's one criteria. But also, how much are you willing to get paid? Now, this will depend how much you get paid, of course. Depends on several factors. Number one, do you have the education? Do you have the experiences? Number two, how much, how, how much experience do you have in your career? So all those would actually help decide how much you are actually going to get paid when you apply for a job but also how much you should be asking when you apply for the job and get it and you get to start to negotiate the salary. So it's important to understand that you, what goes in your salary is, again, your experience, your education, even some special skills that you may have, all that goes into into how much you get paid because there's generally a baseline. That's how companies determine your salary. They look at a baseline like a market baseline, they will do some surveys for companies of their size and companies within their industry to see how much they are paying their own employees. And then they will determine how much they will be paying you to, to because they want to make sure they remain competitive. But from from your perspective, make sure that you understand what is the minimum salary that you will expect, you will accept, before you start searching for a job because there's no point applying for a job that's, pay, that's gonna pay about $10,000 less than what you what you're willing to accept. Generally, a job would would have a and we'll, we'll, I'll show you some of the websites uh, websites that I use that actually kind of help me determine when I was looking for a job earlier this year where the salary would land and how much I would be paid for that specific position that I was applying for. It didn't tell me exactly how much, but we will talk more about that and and what what websites you can go to and what you can do to have a good idea of how much you should be asking when you are applying for a job. But I'm not going to get ahead of myself. We're going to continue through some of the criteria that you need to look at when you are applying for a job. Of course, the other thing is beyond how far you are willing to, to, to go, and your salary the other piece is the company you want to work for itself it's very possible that you have some some morals or some religious restrictions maybe you are very very religious and you don't want to work for certain companies and that that does happen or maybe you don't care you just want a job and you will take any job that that fits your your criteria for for what you would accept now Some of the things you would look at for a company would be, of course, beyond the company itself. How many employees do they have? Do they have five employees or do they have 80,000 employees? That's important because a big company culture would be very different from a small company culture. A company that has five employees will treat its employees differently. The atmosphere will be different. The, the behaviors will be different. Perhaps even the management style would be different. Is it possible that because it's a small, smaller company, the manager would be micromanaging more or the manager would be hands-off? And in that case, are you looking to, to gain more experience from a group setting, from learning from others? If that's the case, then a small company may not be the way to go for you. But again, it depends. If it's a small company where people work together in groups or they help each other a lot, you can certainly learn a lot. But these are some of the things that you have to keep in mind as well as some advancement opportunities. If it's a smaller company, the chances of you moving up in that position are very limited compared to a company that has 10,000 employees, for example. So those are some of the things that you have to keep in mind. Now, the other piece is do you want to apply for a company within the public sector or the private sector? And trust me, I worked in the public sector at, at two different times in my career. I worked for a private company. Uh, I worked for, for the state. First, I went to a private company. Then I went back to the state. And now, lately, I went to a private company. And the culture is drastically different. Especially if you're working for the state, for a branch of government, some of the decisions generally take longer they take longer to decide because they have to go up the chain of, of approval and in a previous job that i had some of the decisions that we had to make, make had to go not only through our managers but our our leadership but it also had to go through several committees uh, and steering committees and uh, legislative legislative committees and in some cases even go up to the to the local government to make decisions in terms of our budget, in terms of what we could do. So that's something to keep in mind. If you work for a public sector company, things may be moving very slowly in terms of how quickly decisions are made. And if your project is based on how quickly those decisions are made, you may find yourself stopping and starting and going in terms of starting projects and stopping them or waiting a long time before you get a decision whereas if you're in a private sector a company decisions are made very quickly because they don't have to go to the government or the mayor or the local office, uh, local state's office to make decisions they can make decisions very quickly they get things done quickly but then some of the drawback of private companies is that they do things their own way and uh, they may you know they may not have certain in terms of benefits they may have a uh, a less i com- i don't want to say competitive benefit package but they have more free, free will in terms of how they structure their their benefits and how how strict they are when it comes to to employee development so there there are some pros and cons working for the private sector versus the public sector and in the private sector also you may have a very very quick decision making process that can move Projects along quickly and get them approved quickly, which means that you have a lot of lot more projects on your on your desk to work with. So there may be a higher stress level there. But of course, all the stress level could also be in a public company. It just depends how much work you're doing and what position you have in the company. But if I were to say to give you one main difference between private sector companies and public sector companies, it would have to be the difference in culture i can't put put i can't explain it but there's a difference in culture between private sector jobs and public sector jobs whereas uh, private sector jobs i tend to have the feeling having worked in private sector jobs now for a while that they are more more innovative they think outside the the, the box a little more because they are willing to also acquire new technologies they spend the money to do things and research they allow their employees to to go to conferences a lot more whereas if you are within a a public sector company particularly the state government or federal government you may have more restrictions around how much money they can spend so maybe the developmental opportunities conferences and trainings would not be as available or as frequent unless your job is specifically linked to acquiring that knowledge. So those are some of the things that you have to think about. But there are many people who would who would tell you that they're very happy in the public sector and many people who will tell you that they are very happy in the private sector. So it just depends, again, on your preference. But that was my insight in terms of, of public versus private. Now, another thing is, what is the reputation of the company? Is the company known for making good choices good decisions is the company ethical is the company one of those companies that helps grow their employees or is the company known for laying off a lot of employees or perhaps making not making very ethical decisions and are they in the news a lot you know and the reason that's important is that if a company is making a lot of unethical decisions or they are in the news a lot for doing the wrong things, do you really want to be associated with that company? And also, is that company down the line going to have some problems or some, some sanctions from the government, especially here in the United States, if a company does something wrong or breaks some reg- regulations, they may be slapped with a billion do- billions of dollars of, of, of fines and fees. And what that what happens is that When a company has to pay that much money, they all of a sudden have to cut back on something. And generally, some of the first things to go are, you know, people, resources, human resources. So especially if you are in a position where you are, quote-unquote, dispensable. So it's important to, to find a company that has a good reputation, that makes the right decisions, that's socially conscious, so that you can actually increase your, or decrease the likelihood that you will find yourself being laid off. Now, some of the, you could be laid off because the economy is not doing well. That's something beyond your control. But when you're looking for a job, these are some of the the things that you have to think about. Now, the other piece is, are you going to be proud to work for that company? Are you, if you find yourself saying, well, I work for, XYZ company and you're hesitating to say the company name or you maybe you, you are feeling ashamed of working for that company then then don't there are many many companies out there you can find a company that you're proud of proud of working for so that you don't have to, to feel that you know that guilt or that shame and again it's a matter of preference So perhaps you don't care and then that's fine too. Now what type of work do you want to do so that's also important in terms of this is this will this is more for those who are not sure of where they are in their career maybe perhaps, perhaps they are an entry level employee or or a job seeker and they are not sure and you're not sure what you're looking for so think about are you looking for something that you will use your hands or something more analytical or something where you will meet with people every day and and talk in groups? Or are you looking for a job where you just sit in front of your computer, do your work, you don't get to see many people? Are you going to be the face, the first contact, first line of contact with the customers? Or are you going to be the second level of contact with the customers? Are you going to be working in management or not? So those are some of the things that you need to think about before you look for a job. Now we're going to jump into the meat of actually searching for the job. There are obviously two ways of looking for a job or two channels, if you will. You can look for jobs online or you can look look for jobs offline. And in some cases, you could do both. Back in the early days, and by that I mean perhaps the 1990s, early 90s, or even the 90s, before the internet was around, people looked for jobs by going to looking at newspapers. Every day you a newspaper and you went to the career section and you looked for through pages of pages of, of, of job openings. But as the internet came along back in the late 90s, more and more companies were posting online. So people, most people now, I don't know what the, the number is, but I, if I were to guess, I would say probably 95% of people now go online to look for jobs specifically. Uh, and of course, it depends, it depends where you are, what, what country, because if, In the United States, at least, and in in Europe, people have access to the internet and in parts of Asia, of course, as well. But in places like Africa or in third world countries where people don't have access to that technology, to the internet readily, they may actually go and physically apply for jobs. They will go to companies door to door, basically, knock on the door and ask if they have an opening or call on the phone or use a newspaper. So, but... Most of the world, most of the, the developed world, anyway, would use the internet. Now, there are advantages and disadvantages of, of applying online versus applying offline. If you're applying online, one of the advantages is that it's super, super easy. You could do it from your computer, in your pajamas, sitting in your living room. And it's quick and easy, very accessible. You can use your smartphone to do that. It just, it makes it a lot easier. You don't have to drive anywhere. You don't have to submit pieces of paper to apply. The disadvantage is that there is a lot more competition online because everyone is looking for a job online. And generally when a company posts a job online, you have a lot of people applying to that job. So that's why it's extremely important to apply to jobs that you only, you only qualify for. And then we'll talk about this a little more. When you apply for a job that you qualify for, let's say, make sure that you have about a 98 to 100% match is what you're looking for in terms of what's on your resume, your skill set, your experience, the work that you did, your position title, and even to a certain degree, your personality and your demeanor, and some of the tools that you have used in your past work experiences. If you take all that and group it together, It should match very, very closely or ideally perfectly with the job that the company has listed. If it doesn't and it's still a close match, you have a very good chance of getting a job interview or or at the very least or at the very least being one of the candidates selected. So that's why it's super important. You don't want to submit an application to a job where you are. And we'll talk more about this in in the coming bullets. Uh, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but anyway, so let's go back to the advantages and disadvantages of of the of applying online versus offline. So again, I like I said, online you have more competition. Offline you have more you have less competition because many people don't look through the newspaper anymore to apply for jobs. It's just a lot easier to do it online. And because if you look at the newspaper, you have to get their email or their phone number and then call them or email them and then you, you're playing phone tag you don't you don't get to them as easily that's one of the disadvantages of applying offline but the applying offline has also its own advantages in that you are competing with less people like I said and, and uh, that can be an advantage especially if your job is within a specific skill set a specific market that is not easily found online or that is not, that's a a niche of a job that's not easy to find. In that case, you want to maximize your chances. You want to look at online and offline in other ways as well, like referrals or um, talking word to mouth referrals. And of course, maybe even doing some door to door. If your job is very, very specific and in a certain niche, that's rare to find. If, for example, you want to become a an astronaut, for example, well, there's only a handful of companies where you can actually go to, to be an astronaut. You know, NASA is one of them. And there may be other private companies. Uh, maybe Lockheed Martin would use you as a pilot, a space pilot or something like that. Um, so anyway, so offline would be more for perhaps jobs that, are not easily found in that case you want to use online and offline and of course other strategies even so those are some of the advantages of and disadvantages of applying online versus offline let's talk now about where to apply for the job when i was applying for 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 a job back in in uh, late uh, december early january of this year i looked at specifically two websites, two companies. I used to look at several websites like ziprecruiter.com was one of them where it's an aggregate site where you can submit your resume and many people will see it. But I noticed that I was getting a lot of marketing spam almost. I was getting a lot of... uh, I was getting contacted by headhunters and by by, uh, recruiters for... Part-time jobs or, or temporary jobs, three to six months assignments and things like that, that were all over the country. And I didn't want to do that. On this go around, when I was applying for a job, I specifically did my research. looked at several websites and I found that the two best websites to use to apply were LinkedIn and Indeed.com. Now, I checked Indeed is in, I think, 60 plus countries. So they're in, in the UK. They're in India, they're in the United States, they're in Canada, they are in Mexico, they are in, in, in uh, Australia, they are in New Zealand, they are in many, many other places, uh, including g- countries in Europe. So there's a good chance that if you're listening to the podcast and you are not in the United States, Indeed.com would be in your country and they have or at least have positions available that you can apply for. That are in your country. Again, 60 plus countries last time I checked and, uh, and I understand that they are growing more and more. Now, so Indeed and LinkedIn are two of the companies I looked for. Let's talk about LinkedIn first. You must absolutely have a LinkedIn profile nowadays, especially if you're looking for a job. Now, this podcast is not about what your LinkedIn profile should look like, but I, I think I should touch a little bit about that in terms of what you should have in terms of the basics for having a good LinkedIn profile at the very least have a good professional looking picture okay don't crop don't take a picture up from a a larger photo and you crop yourself off of that picture from from the the party that your friends had on Memorial Day and you're drinking and you're on a boat and you put that as your professional photo no that's not good spend some money if you have to and go to your local photo, photo photography shop and have them take a headshot or several headshots and then pick the best you will always continue using those photos and those will be good generally for 5 to maybe even 8 years if your face doesn't change too much now you can certainly use your camera because now the ca- today cameras are very advanced whether you have an android or a, an uh, or a an ios device so apple or samsung or whatever other device it is windows devices uh, google cameras take very good pictures nowadays have someone just take your picture when you're standing in front of a white wall and smile and make it look professional use that as your linkedin profile photo and make sure you add your con- your basics the contact information if you're looking for a job make it clear that you're looking for a job add at least at least two of your previous job experiences so people can see what you've done. And if you are posting on LinkedIn, be careful what you post. Be professional. Always be polite. Don't get into back and forth and political and controversial topics because you can turn off a, a company or even a recruiter that's looking at your profile because we all have our, our own biases. We judge people without even consciously realizing it so if i am the recruiter and i'm looking at your profile and i see something that maybe in my personal life was offensive i may just be inclined to skip you even though that's illegal at least in in most countries you are not supposed to discriminate against a candidate based on their beliefs based on their religion based on the color of their skin based on their sexual orientation but people could do that, so be careful what you post on your not just your LinkedIn profile, but your your social media profiles. So that was a little of a segue. I wasn't planning on talking about that in in too much detail, but I felt it was important for you to know that. Okay, and have a good statement on your LinkedIn profile. It's a small summary where you talk about what are you looking for in terms of of your of a job, so that when a recruiter looks at it, The first impression they get is, wow, this is a very professional-looking profile. And uh, they will approach you and ask you to apply for a job opening. Also, get endorsements from your friends on LinkedIn, from your connections. Then the easiest way to get endorsements is to ask. The second easiest way is to endorse other people. So if you have connections on LinkedIn, endorse them. So in turn... When you give someone something, or when you give, when you endorse them several times, they will get to a point where they will feel like they have to endorse you back, and they will start endorsing you, and that's good. That's a good way to show that you are engaging, and you are professional on LinkedIn. Now, LinkedIn, all the major companies have a profile on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn has some features that all of these companies can use to do what's called a quick apply. And so that the, as a candidate, it's a, they can go to a company profile and then just click on apply. LinkedIn will take your information and share it with that company so you can apply very quickly. This is good because it allows you to quickly and effectively apply to several jobs on a given day. Now, again, I, I discourage you from applying to anything that comes across your screen. Apply for things that you know that you qualify for. And I touched on this earlier. Apply for jobs that you know you are very, very qualified for, or at least what they're looking for matches your skill set, your experience, your background, and your education. That will maximize your chances of getting the interview. There is no reason why you would apply to 150 jobs just because they you can apply to them. Don't do that. Uh, in my last... Around when I applied to jobs, I believe I applied to, I want to say, 15, 15 or 18 jobs. And out of those 18 jobs, I had five or six interviews. Some of those jobs were actually very, very closely matched. Uh, if not, I would say in the 90th percentile, 90 to 100 percent match for those jobs in terms of my skills and experience. And what happened? Yeah, I got six interviews out of 15 applications. That's a very good number. And, and I did that carefully. So don't apply to, to a lot of jobs or if you do at least make sure they match your skills. Now, a lot of companies, like I said, have a profile on LinkedIn. That's why you should apply using LinkedIn, the using their quick apply feature. Sometimes the company may not allow you to apply quickly through LinkedIn and that's fine. They, they will have a link to their own website where you can go and apply for the job. It's a lot easier than filling out every single field in an application. That's why I like applying for jobs through LinkedIn. And when I applied back in, actually before the job that I just that just landed earlier in, in this year, uh, I was working in the public sector and that job I got by applying directly through LinkedIn. And the recruiter contacted me through LinkedIn and I applied for the job. So it's important to know that you should be using LinkedIn again, if it's available in your country. Now you can also save applications when you are on LinkedIn and make sure that again, your profile is up to date. If you, one of the things that I like to do is I go on LinkedIn, I find, I, I, I type in the, the job keyword that I'm looking for. I find jobs, I look at the company and I save that job to my LinkedIn profile. Then I come back later, After I have enough jobs, generally about 20 to 30 jobs, I don't apply to all of them, but I save them. Then I go back and I apply to the ones that I'm interested in. So that's one way of doing it. So LinkedIn was number one in terms of where to apply. Uh, And the other one that I really liked was Indeed.com. As I mentioned earlier, Indeed is a, a good website to use when applying for jobs because you can apply through LinkedIn, maximizing... Um, the your success by looking at jobs based on the salary range so you can enter a keyword and then literally type in let's say you're looking for a for a project manager job you can type in project manager job salary more than I don't know $100,000 something like that or if you are an entry level you could type in a job you could say entry level project manager salary above fifty thousand dollars something like that what indeed will do is it would bring up jobs that match that salary criteria you could say between fifty thousand and hundred and fifty thousand that's a very wide range i know but maybe look at a smaller range between fifty and seventy thousand maybe between seventy and, and ninety thousand or maybe it's between ninety thousand to a hundred and fifty thousand do it in increments that are small, in increments of ten dollars to $20,000. And what that allows you to do is, if you apply for a job by using that search criteria and the salary, by by determining the salary range when you do the search, what that allows you to do is when you apply for the job and you get an interview, when they ask you the question, what are you looking for in terms of salary? You know exactly what range you are supposed to, to give them in terms of answer, or at least you know that they are willing to pay within a certain range of salary because Indeed has told you that when you did that search. So that's important because if you give them a range that's outside of what they are willing to pay for, that could immediately disqualify you because they're not willing to pay that and they may think that you are not gonna come down from that high range of salary. If you give them a salary that's too low, that may tell them that your salary expectations are well below their range and they can negotiate down their original range. So be careful. So this is why it's important to know these small tricks in terms of job search. I mentioned this again earlier. I talked about match your skills, match your education, your qualification, your skills, and make sure that it, it works. And of course, another thing is the number of service that you have make sure you match those and of course indeed allows you to save jobs as well and you can create a profile and save jobs and go back to them uh, that's always a good idea so because it's important to keep track of the jobs that you apply to when i was applying for jobs the earlier this year what i did is for every job that i applied to i saved the job description So let's say the job description was project manager. I would write project manager. Actually, I would write the company name. Let's say uh, Lockheed Martin. And I will put the job title Lockheed Martin, project manager, January 1st, 2018, for example. So that would then tell me this was the job description that I used to apply for the Lockheed Martin job. So when you get the interview, you can go back to that particular job and make sure that you prepare for the interview and by looking at the job description make sure you answer the question the right questions you match the right skills and it's just good practice to keep track of what you're applying to and when and so that you can actually when someone calls you 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 sound educated you, you sound like you know what you're talking about and you're an, are an organized person there's nothing worse than someone calling and saying, hi, I'm, I'm calling from Lockheed Martin. You know, so for some reason, I'm picking Lockheed Martin. It just popped in my head. Lockheed Martin calls, let's say an HR recruiter from Lockheed Martin calls. And they say they're calling about the job for an interview. And you're like, what job? Oh, I don't remember applying for that. That's really bad. So make sure you know what you applied for and when. And be prepared and expect that you may get a phone call from them. It's okay to ask um, to ask them to repeat. I'm sorry. What company again? And they say, you know, Lockheed Martin or you know, Apple or Microsoft. Then you can say, oh yeah, yeah, thank you. And then you can actually intelligently speak. And when you hang up the phone, you can go back to that job position that you saved and look at it. And the reason I do this is you can, yeah. You, know, you may ask me, well, why don't you just go back to the website and look at the job description? Well, it's possible that some companies, especially if you applied directly to that company's website, they may take the job down after they found enough candidates. And then you could go to the link, the link could be broken, you will no longer be able to access the job description. Then the problem with that is you can't effectively prepare for the interview if you don't have the job description in front of you. You can still prepare, but It would be much better if you prepare for the interview when you have the job description, the original job description in front of you. So these are some of the tricks and strategies that you have to keep in mind when applying for jobs. There are many, many more things that I could be talking about, but certainly if you have any questions about this and maybe you are in a period in your life where you are looking at changing jobs or applying to a different job or you're looking for what you should be doing, Feel free to ask me questions. Uh, on my website, again, I have a button on the left-hand side as you go to the main website that says Ask Me Questions. Click on that. You can leave me a voicemail message, a voicemail message through your computer. You you will need a microphone. And I will I look at all those messages, and I'll answer your question, and I'll be more than glad to, to help. Uh, anything I learn, I am willing to share with people who are out there and, and looking for, or trying to go through the same experiences for the first time. Those were the tips and tricks and strategies that I want to share with you. And next week, next time, we are going to talk about interview techniques and skills so that to go with this particular episode so you know what to do when you, uh, when you land an interview and things that you should ask, things you should not ask and how to prepare effectively for an interview. All right, I hope this episode has been helpful to you. And certainly, if this has been helpful to you and you found it valuable and useful, go on iTunes and leave a rating for the for the podcast. I would really appreciate it. As always, I do not take you for granted. I appreciate that you listen to this podcast and uh, share it with others. So thank you very much for doing that. And as always, I want you to stay motivated, be on top of your, your to-do list to, to improve yourself, your family, uh, your personal life and just be a better, more rounded person. Uh, thank you very much for listening. And as always, please stay safe and motivated. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Motivational Voice Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and rate it on iTunes. Get show notes and the latest blog post at omarjang.com.